Are you a law firm wanting to grow? Then the Practice Insider podcast is for you. With every episode, hear from legal practice insiders talk about the things you need to know to better manage, market and grow your legal practice. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this edition of the Practice Insiders. My pleasure to be once again joined by co-host Ben Deverson. G'day, Dan. How's things? Very good, Ben. Uh, how about with you? Really good. Uh, Fantastic. Great start to the new financial year. Um, I think uh, it's a difficult environment out there at the moment. Um, the economy is causing some, uh, I guess, decreasing confidence. Interest rates are up. Uh, costs are up. So it's an interesting environment at the moment. Yeah, not wrong, uh, but we, we, we did uh, sort of have the conversation about some firms that we mutually work with who, um, you know, ha- have invested costs but have got a great return back on, you know, both, both marketing and other things as well, which is which is always good to hear. Oh, absolutely. The, the old saying, you've got to spend money to make money. As usual, uh, continuing to be busy, lots of inquiry coming through, and, uh, and as I said offline, enjoying working on mutual clients with you and your team. Yeah, likewise, uh, Ben. Yeah, busy at this end with uh, with new inquiry too, which is which is a good sign of the legal industry generally. I mean, yes, it might be difficult in some respects, but there's still firms out there, despite the difficult times, haven't taken their their, their mind off what's important. Ben, uh, you've had a great chat with Dan Boys. I did, and it was an interesting angle. Um, so Dan Boys, the head of growth for Growth Australia. Uh, so Growth Australia is like Fast Firms, Dan, is a strategic partner of Organised, and we have collaborated on assisting a couple of clients with uh, corporate uh, commercial fit-outs uh, for new premises. So I thought it'd be an interesting uh, time to speak to Dan about what's been happening in, in the commercial tenancy space in relation to fit-outs and what, what they look like, what changes have been happening over the over the last few years as the pandemic has influenced the way we work with a lot more work from home and telecommuting? Um, and we had a really in- interesting chat about what contemporary workspaces look like and what's important. Uh, things like collaboration and yet privacy were needed and those sort of things. Uh, having the Zoom meeting and open plan can be quite a challenge uh, and those sort of things. So it was a really interesting chat. So let's hear it. Uh, ben Deverson and Dan Boys from Growth Australia. Dan Boys, welcome to Practice Insiders. How are you, mate? Ben Deverson, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very well. How are you? Mate, I'm really well. Uh, we are in a beautiful Brisbane winter day of mid-teens temperature and beautiful sun, so can't complain. It could have been mid-twenties yesterday, mate, and we're we're back to reality today, aren't we? We are indeed, hence the uh, woolly jumper that I'm wearing, even though our guests will only be hearing my voice. But, um, Dan, we're going to talk about space. We're not going to talk about outer space. We're going to talk about office space. And uh, as you know, um, we have collaborated on a couple of projects ourselves uh, with law firms, uh, and I value your opinion on what makes a space important uh, to a business Um, So before we get into that, I'm just keen to hear from you and let our listeners know about you and your role in Growth Australia. So, mate, tell us a bit about what you do and what Growth Australia does. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. So we've changed, we've adapted over the last couple of years, which I know is a topic we're going to talk about today. And a big part of why we've adapted is to front end a lot more value to our clients to ensure that we're a safe pair of hands. There's a lot of unknowns out there, so we're trying to put a bit more colour into those grey areas. And we do that by providing our clients with a a dynamic office environment, 
with the goal of enhancing company engagement. Um, a lot of our clients have found that that's inspired culture in their teams, which is really positive. And we've tried to achieve this through a bespoke design and delivery journey that often results in the clients moving into a tailored workplace as opposed to a cookie cutter style model, um, which supports their current and future growth needs as far as client growth, um, employee growth and and how the teams engage as well. My role within Growth Australia is I am the Chief Growth Officer, which is a, an exciting role. Uh, it's very dynamic, one that I love. I'm essentially responsible for the profitable revenue streams of growth. And I affect this by sitting across three different departments, the business development department, so the front end, then the client engagement and pitching team, and then our marketing team as well to link the three of those. Mate, busy job. It, it, well, that's what I tell people. Um, no, it is. It is. It definitely keeps me busy. It's it's great because I get to um, be front facing with the clients and see the journey all the way through to its entirety, which is very rewarding. And then I get to work closely with the team members as well, which I love also. So very happy. And we've experienced an amazing couple of years when we consider the physical work environment with COVID and and so I'm interested to hear from you, Dan, what, what's the last couple of years done to the physical workspace environment? Has it radically changed? And if so, how? It's a great question. And it's one that all of our clients have. The physical changes are all revolving around connectivity and collaborations of teams. There is a renewed appreciation for physical footprint, which is great. I think people have appreciated those more tactile, tangible things you get from being in the office as opposed to working from home. But now more than ever in the last couple of years, the physical layout has to support the flexibility of the teams and the individuals to ensure that they're maximising the efficiencies of the way they work and giving them that ultimate flexibility. Mm, okay. So what are the trends these days for law firms? So as you know, uh, we're here as practice insiders. So I'm interested to know what you can tell us about law firms in 2022. So does the physical law firm space differ nowadays than what it did, say, 10 years ago? I'd say it's definitely getting there. I'd say the legal profession, just by nature of the business and the work that is done in those practices, have been a little slower to adopt than your IT or professional services firms. That's just natural. We are really seeing a shift to more paperless system, filing systems, which has enabled businesses to potentially take less space or improve how they do use that space. So that's been really positive. We've also seen the definition of how the corner office is perceived start to change. And our design team are always working with our, particularly our legal clients to show how acoustics, um, clever design, innovative design can almost bridge the gap between needing to be office silos versus open plan. So there's a big focus on that. The legal profession really want to embrace that and get there. Sometimes it's not always practical. So we really try and find that middle ground with them to make sure that we're ticking as many boxes as possible. Because I guess collaboration means using tools such as Zoom and Teams and having remote workers and, and connecting them through those mediums. But what is the flavour of the month at the moment in the open plan versus offices and cubicles sort of thing? Is there a verdict that you can sort of land on for us? 
It's a great question. It is honestly case by case. I think that senior leaders in legal businesses still very much want the ability to have that office space or that quiet zone. So we are seeing a lot of shared meeting room spaces come into layouts where you've got the ability to connect to teams, um, similarly to how I am now. I know the, the listeners can't see, but I'm in a two-person Zoom room, essentially. But I, I've also got a double monitor in front of me here. So if I wanted to do more focus type work, I could comfortably spend a couple of hours in here on that. So we are starting to see multi-purpose rooms and the advancements of AV and what is available now has really led that drive. So for legal businesses specifically, if they are moving away from the offices, we're making sure that we cater for enough of those multi-purpose spaces. So if a a senior leader or a junior or anyone feels the need that they need to duck away and have some confidential core, some focus work, they've still got the ability to do so. They can then come back to their open plan workstation and collaborate with the team. So try not to give you an answer that's on the fence, but it really is a mix and getting that balance right tips either way, depending on who we're speaking to, what's important to them and how their business and teams work. And look, I'd certainly echo those points, Dan, from the clients we've got across the country. Um, You know, we do have some firms that are 100% remote um, Mm. and we do have some firms that are 100% offices and a few open plan desks. So it really does depend on the team and their culture and those sort of things, which I guess brings me to that question, which is what do you think in today's contemporary workplace, which involves technology and paper light or paperless, whatever you think, what are the yeah. absolute must-haves in a fit-out these days? What, what are we talking about with our – what are growth talking about with their clients in relation to what are the absolute must-haves? Definitely it's greenery is a big one, natural light, collaboration spaces, multi-purpose spaces, as we've mentioned. So, for example, the function of the traditional boardroom, how can that be adapted? Can that also be a town hall meeting space? Uh, could it be in, used for internal meetings as well? Um staff breakout extensions those types of things Um, we're seeing an increased investment in shared spaces so the breakout space the kitchen space has grown in a footprint and is being used for more casual meetings also and again all supported by the advancements in av technology so sorry dan i've just cut you off but look we've got to talk about the golf driving range (laughs) yes we do we do. Where is the putt putt? Where is the table tennis? What about the golf driving range simulator? Are they involved in today's workplaces? Look, we we work them in absolutely. <laughs> and when I was talking about multi-purpose earlier, it, I was relating to sports, not work. So yeah, it's it, um, it's a broad spectrum. I get it. It is, and look, it, that ties into the culture piece. And I know, especially in chatting to you and and the great work that you do, that you can define culture and make it tangible. And it is more than those things, but. They're a lot of fun. They certainly engage the team and in the right setting, the right time and place, um, they're very effective. So we we embrace all of those as well, mate. And look, the other point of the of the question, I guess, is how does an office space, well, in your view, how does an office space impact or not a, a firm's bottom line? Yeah, that's a great question. And The tangible benefits for us, because it's always important to demonstrate what the ROI is. If we're improving efficiencies, we're improving business systems, and we allow a firm to potentially take 20, 30% less office space, 
then the reduction in rent and improved efficiencies, there's a tangible cost benefit there. Um, a lot of the untangibles or the unknowns can sometimes be that culture piece. Um, purpose of your team coming in every day, giving them a real safe space or the office space, giving them that purpose to come in and collaborate with team members. It's hard to put a, a dollar figure on that. Interestingly, it probably ties into construction costs as well, because the one of the largest spend points in a property transaction is the cost of the fit out, which does put a little bit of stress on the incentive structures that we're seeing from agents and landlords as well. Mm -hmm. So we understand that and it's important that we have full visibility of that and really hold our clients hands through that costing process to ensure that what we're designing is fitting in with their bottom line and what the and what needs to be achieved in that regard. And you touched on it there, Dan. I, I think we've seen uh, some pretty unfortunate circumstances in the press of late with the cost challenges in the construction sector and and those sort of things in relation to recent economic times. So yeah. how are you seeing that play out in the commercial space? I suppose in commercial, we're a little bit on the better side of things because our our point of where we would typically lock in a fixed price contract and where we would go to site is quite a short period of time. So we've got really good visibility of any rise or fall at that time, and we make sure we communicate that through to the client. But I'll give you an example. We just ran an internal process where we priced a job nine months ago for one of our clients who was in the legal sector. We then just ran the exercise of applying the new rates we've been given by our subtrades nine months later, and there was an increase of about $300 a square meter. So it's important that that's that's a blanket number, but it just shows us that where that value has changed um, and the increase that we've seen. A lot of it is material costs, steel, glass, and then the cost of labor has gone up as well. It's a competitive market. Um, prelims and site costs are all getting on past to us, which all flows through the supply chain as well. So mm. what I would say, though, is to counteract that. We, we've got to have our finger on the pulse more than we ever have. And then we've got to double our communication with clients to really give them line of sight on lead times of furniture, materials, joinery, um, where we feel that the risks in the project are, what we're going to do to help de-risk that. So it's probably increasing communication and eyes wide open. Yeah. And look, I can speak uh, firsthand, having collaborated with you guys on a recent client who have had a absolutely amazing fit out uh, mm. delivered for them in George Street, Brisbane. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, between you and me, I've uh, I've considered whether I move there myself. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, well, we'll take, take this chat offline. I've got, I know a great uh, workplace contractor I can put you in touch with, Ben. All good, all good. So, uh, good segue. So, look, uh, I'm a law firm and I'm thinking about getting some new office space and I'm thinking uh, I'm better get in touch with Dan Boys at, at Growth Australia. So, mate, how does the, anyone listening tonight um, get in touch with you and the team? Yeah, thank you, Ben. It's a great question. And firstly, I would say it's important to understand where we can add the value. And for us, it's when people are in that preliminary search is where we really like to work with you. So even if you haven't yet begun your search, we can partner with you and do a needs analysis with you and your team to really identify how much space do you actually need? Not what you think you need, but really understanding how those business streams work and then putting a plan in place on how we go to market for how much space and what we're looking for. 
And the best way to kick that off would be to contact me directly and we can organize a consultation where I can step you through our early stages of process and we can go from there. Starts off with a casual chat. We just want to understand your business, tell you a little bit about what we do and show you where we would um, we would partner with you moving forward. And for listeners, uh, both Dan and Growth Australia's contact details will be listed in the podcast notes. I'm going to pick you up on a point there, Dan. Um, I get off, often asked questions from clients talking about what should our space be and they refer to ratios like so many square metres per person and those sort of things. And I think you might answer this by saying case-by-case scenario, but what would be a fairly good ratio that a firm could consider? So legal, we find, so a typical open plan would be one is to 10. With the legal profession, we find that it is a little bit closer to one is to 12 to one is to 15, just for the nature of the fitted out components of their space. So I think one is to 12 is a good rule of thumb. I think that gives you a really good balance of feeling like you're not on top of each other, but also having the ability to have some more fitted out spaces should you need them for flexibility. Mm. So just to confirm, that's 12 square metres per person in your office. Correct, correct. Okay. Um, Dan, it's a science and that's why we have people like you in the Lorganised Network. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on to Practice Insiders today. Thanks for having me, Ben. Really appreciate it. Ben, great chat with Dan Boys. Uh, yeah, very, very topical. Um, lots of law firms out there in the marketplace who are, you know, um, maybe second guessing whether or not they, they need the big office. Uh, and in contrast, plenty of firms out there that are looking at upgrading. That's right. And as I said, it, it's it's an interesting last few years that we've experienced where you have the large palatial office with the the uh, commensurate rental cost that goes with it, with uh, a few principals out there wondering why on earth uh, three years ago they signed a 10-year lease. Um, but that aside, I think that the the concept of contemporary workspace now is that uh, it should be a collaborative meeting space. It should be open to uh, ensuring teams are cohesive and and work together. And um, and I think that Dan and his team and and the the broader team at Growth do a really good job in in bringing some of the visions of what partners are seeking uh, into reality. And and I've seen it firsthand. I have a client who's taken up a space at 300 George Street in Brisbane that was designed by Growth. Um, and they nailed it first go. Um, and I remember seeing the plan when it came to us and we thought, wow, you've done an amazing job with this unusual, fairly elongated space uh, and uh, all credit to them. And, Ben, you know, we're always banging on the importance of culture and there is this sort of very, very strong interrelationship between aesthetics Work ex- workplace aesthetics and culture generally. And it's uh, quite topical for me at the moment because I, I do work with a firm on the Gold Coast who um, have uh, outgrown their uh, current residence um, probably uh, fivefold. And in talking with plenty of the lawyers in that practice, they are just can't wait to get into this new space. And this, this firm in particular has got their culture dialed in beautifully and the team are just so cohesive and excited about the, you know what what this new chapter in terms of the uh, the new aesthetic looks like. Yeah, it is a home, and a lot of people, and I know even I call my office the place that I live um, when I talk about the city. Um, and um, you know, we spend a lot of our lives in there, and it should be a good collaborative workspace. And 
Uh, it, it is it is conducive to culture, and I've seen those pokey workplaces where uh, there's not a lot of natural light, not a lot of open collaborative spaces, there's not a lot of um, social space like kitchens or staff rooms or call it what you will. Um, and, again, you know, those things affect culture. Um, and as you and I have spoken on how many topics now, I don't know, that the firms with the best culture just do it better. Um, and that goes through everything from attrition of staff through to financial results, uh, dare I say risk, negligence, compliance, call it what you will. The firms with the strong culture just do it better. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Ben, we will leave Dan's contact details in the show notes and uh, look forward to catching up again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. Look forward to the next one. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to the Practice Insiders podcast. For free resources, including extended podcast interviews, webinars, and exclusive offers, head to practiceinsiders.com.